And today I want you to receive his word and let that word do something in your life. Let it perform something. We've been talking about in the past couple of weeks about being positioned. And we talked about uh, how Jesus talk, you know, referenced the sowing the seed. You know, and we're going to read that in a moment. How when he sowed the word into someone's life, uh, that if it goes deep enough, and if, it, if, it's, if, you, if your heart is ready, if your heart is prepared, then it'll bear much fruit. It's going to have a huge harvest. So that word that God plants in your life, everything good starts with his word. That's where faith comes from. That's where uh, uh, the direction comes from. That's where healing and, and whatever you need from God, that's where it comes from. And so today I want you to be ready to hear from God. Don't just sit back and watch passively, but receive actively. Today we're talking about positioning still and, and I've really enjoyed the past couple of weeks as we've talked about the importance of getting into position. It matters that you're into position. It matters when you're saying, I want to receive from God. I need to receive from God. Not one of us right here can survive life without receiving from God. You need him. You need that life. Jesus said we must abide in him. You don't just receive once or twice. We live a life of steady, of just staying connected to him all the time. You need to receive from God, but we also want to be used by God. God's getting you in position for that. Today, he wants to get you in position to receive, whether it's something like healing or, or deliverance or direction, or whether it's saying, God, I, I, I'm looking to, to be used by you. I know I'm moving into a different season. I don't know what it looks like, but God, I want you to get me ready. So much of what God does is preparation. We focus on the moment everything happened or the moment everything became uh, obvious and clear, that moment when it appeared. But so much, you know, there was so much prophecy and preparation before Jesus was ever born. God prepares people for things. God prepares nations for things. God prepares churches for things. And today, Let's trust that God wants to prepare us, the Word Church, for whatever He's doing, whatever He plans to do. We're moving into a season where we can only do this by His strength. We need to know what God wants us to do. We need to be ready. We need to be in position. I want to go back to that story about the sower sowing the seed and how when Jesus ended that parable, there were so many people that didn't know what He was talking about because He didn't give them any explanation beyond uh, a farming parable, a farming analogy. But when he walked away, when he went, after he was done, the disciples pursued, and, and he had a large crowd of disciples at that point, and they pursued him and said, Lord, what does this mean? What does this parable mean? Why are you speaking in these terms? And Jesus says this in, in Matthew chapter 13, verse 14, and he's talking about most of the people that come to his meetings, most of the people that were there to hear or see a show. He says, in their case, the prophecy of Isaiah is being fulfilled which says, you will keep on hearing, but you will not understand. You will keep on seeing, but will not perceive. For the heart of these people have become dull. With their ears, they scarcely hear, and they've closed their eyes. Otherwise, they would see with their eyes, hear with their ears, and understand with their heart, and return, and I would heal them. You know, so in a couple of different versions of this, in the different gospels that we have, uh, in one turn, it says that they would return and I would heal them. Another, it says they would turn, literally turn. I believe both of them are just as accurate that, that he is bringing people to a place and putting people in a position where they can be healed, where they can be restored. 
you know, Jesus wants, wanted to heal these people, and he did heal many physically. He, he did many miracles where eyes were, that were literally blind, physically blind, were healed, or, or legs that never worked would work. Paralyzed people got up. Withered hands grew out. You know, uh, leprosy was healed. He did these mighty miracles that were very much in the physical sense. You know, they were, they were easy to see and easy to respond to. But he always said that there was more. You know, when he fed thousands of people with a basket full of food, he fed thousands of people, that got their attention. They followed him and, and wanted to make him king. They wanted, uh, they wanted him to be the, the leader that, that they knew that he should be and could be. And Jesus said, the reason you're following me, the reason you love me so much is because I fed you. But you need to look not just for the bread that feeds you for a minute. You need to look for and pursue the bread that does not perish. And he goes on and says, I'm the bread of life. And many of them could not hear that. They, they just, that was a step too far. They, they wanted the miracles that they could see and perceive, but there was a greater healing that God wanted to do and they couldn't receive it. At the end of his ministry, Jesus wept over the city of Jerusalem and said, how I longed, how I, I longed to gather you like a mother hen gathers her chicks. How I wish you would have known the things which make for peace, but they've been hidden from your eyes for you've missed your day of visitation. They didn't see him as he was. In that positioning, we talked about hearing a couple of weeks ago and how important it was to hear, how Jesus would say, if anyone's got an ear to hear, hear this. Let them hear this. Everybody's hearing with these ears, but he's talking about those, this, the ears of your heart, the ears of your spirit. If you have a, an ear that is willing to hear something that will shift you, that will turn you, that will create, that will create things in you, plant things in you, that will uproot and destroy some things that need to be out of your life, then hear this. Here he says, if they would, he says that their ears have become dull. Their eyes, they've closed their eyes. They barely see. And he says, if, they, if that didn't happen, they would hear with their ears. They would see with their eyes. They would understand with their heart. And I, and they would return. They would turn and I would heal them. Jesus wanted to heal them. But they had to respond to his word. They had to see something. They had to hear something. And it was very difficult for them to hear what he was really saying or see what he was really doing because they had all of these hardness of heart. They'd become dull in their hearing. They weren't seeing. I mean, their eyes, their physical eyes worked fine, but the eyes of their spirit, the eyes of their heart were dull. And maybe you're in that place right now where you say, I have never even considered that I could see a different way. How do you look at your life? How do you perceive what's going on in your life? How do you perceive your future? You know, we, we, here's what we normally do. Many, many of us, even Christians, basically make decisions in the same way that everybody else does. We make decisions based on the same criteria that people that don't even believe in God do. I mean, when you believe that God is real, when you believe that this is not a fantasy or a fiction, that this is real, and I believe it with all my heart, I know it to be true. When you believe in God, you believe that uh, Jesus came and that he, is, he was real, he is real, he's alive, that he died and rose from the dead. And you believe what he said, that there's a world you don't see, that there's a reality you can't perceive with your five physical senses. And the world's searched for it and the world's touched on it, but they have no idea what we're looking for. But Jesus showed it to us. He taught us. He demonstrated it to us. And when you believe that, you can't go on living your life like everybody else. 
Come on, if you really believe what we say we believe, how could we make decisions the same way? How could we look at situations the same way? How could we, how could we perceive any situation like everyone else? Because the way we make decisions without God and the way everyone would perceive a situation without God is we would use our five senses to gather all the information we could. We'd, we'd see, we'd hear, we'd, we'd smell and taste, maybe a little bit less and touch, but we would, we would put together information and then our brain would process that information based on our limited experience and education, our biases and our prejudices, and we'd come to a conclusion. But when you really start to believe that there's a whole world that's more real than this one, that this is just a shadow, this is, this is real, but it's just passing away, it's temporary. There's a world you don't see that's eternal. That's where we'll go after this. this is, we're not just going to that world after we die, we live in it right now. So Paul says that we know that when we're in this body, we're absent from the Lord, and when we're absent from this body, we're present with the Lord. And he says, it's much better to be with the Lord. So he's telling them, don't be afraid of dying. Don't be afraid of your body dropping. It says there'll be a time when that has to happen. But he says that you're going to be resurrected, that, that there's a life after this. And he says, we know this and we take courage because we walk by faith and not by sight. So we make it our ambition whether in this body or not, we are going to be pleasing to the Lord. You see, you walk differently. You walk by faith and not by sight. When the Bible says, walk this way, how you walk matters. Let's walk by the Spirit. Let's live by the Spirit. When he's saying walk, he's talking about how you live your life, your actions, your, your lifestyle, your decision-making. That's all how you're walking. And he says, what are you basing it on? We walk by faith and not by sight. The truth is, is that faith is sight in a sense. It's not the, it's not the sight like uh, I, I see with my eyes, but it is knowing, it is trusting, it is believing something that you can't perceive that you know to be true. And how do we know that? Because God says it. You know, that's, that's, that's where faith comes from. You know, faith isn't just you positively thinking about something. Faith is not you making something up and believing it hard enough that it comes to pass. Faith is believing what God said. The Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. You know, if you don't hear what God says, how can you believe it? So faith comes and then you live by that faith. And maybe that looks a bit crazy to you. Maybe that seems a little odd because all our life we've been trained pros and cons and gather information, you know, figure it out and make a decision. When you learn that God sees what you don't and God knows what you don't and he's prepared things that haven't even entered your heart or your mind, but he's prepared it for you and he wants to reveal it by his spirit. You learn to live by faith. You learn to see things differently. You know, I'm reminded of that story of the prophet Elisha when he was surrounded, a, a foreign king uh, sent a whole brigade of soldiers to uh, arrest him because uh, Elisha had been spoiling their plans to attack Israel. And they sent a whole brigade of soldiers. They sent chariots. I mean, this was overkill for one guy. One guy that, that, that's not a soldier. One guy that's not a superhero. He's just a, he's just a prophet. But... They send, him, they send these soldiers to surround a city to capture this man. And, and Elisha has his intern with him, his assistant. And, and this guy's freaking out. He says, Master, what should we do? We're, we're in trouble. And Elisha says, don't you worry. There are more for us than there are against us. And 
He says, Lord, he prays, Lord, open his eyes. And when God opened the servant's eyes, he saw chariots, he saw souls, he saw these angels ready to go to fight. And he says, there are more for us than there are against us. Do you ever wonder if Elisha saw those soldiers, if he saw those angels, or if he just was walking by faith, he knew they were there. He knew that God would show up. He knew that God would do what God does. I mean, I don't think Elisha walked around like some sort of movie character that sees dead people, or you know, that somehow he just sees angels everywhere. I think that sometimes God may have showed him something. He might have had a vision. Sure, he might have seen this even this time, but I think he learned to walk by faith even when he couldn't see. You see, because sometimes what we're asking for is we're, we're just asking for sight. We just We say we walk by faith and not by sight, but we really want to see it with these eyes. It's important that you see what God wants you to see, that you perceive what he wants you to perceive. He says, when these people didn't do that, they couldn't get in position to be healed. They they couldn't return. They couldn't position themselves for what God had for them. They, They couldn't really receive from Jesus. Have you ever wondered if how you're perceiving your situation, how you perceive your life, how you perceive your past, your present, your future, how it's affecting what God's doing in your life, how it's affecting whether or not you're open to God or whether or not you're pretty closed off? Does it affect how long you stay and how quickly you run away? Does it affect whether or not you stay still when God's telling you to go or you run when God's telling you to stay still? Because I'll tell you, it sure does. And it has in my life as well. When I don't see with these eyes, when I can't process it with my mind, I, it's hard to stand in one place. I want you to begin to see what God wants you to see. You know, the Bible says in the book of Psalms that his word, you know, he says, your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Peter says that uh, we have this prophetic word made more sure in 2 Peter chapter 1. In fact, let me read that to you. 2 Peter chapter 1 Peter says that he's talking about the scripture and he he says, we have this prophetic word made more sure to which you will do well. This is 2 Peter 1.19. So to which you will do well to pay attention as to a lamp shining in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star arises in your hearts. But know this, first of all, that no prophecy of Scripture is a matter of one's own interpretation. For no prophecy was ever made by an act of human will, but men moved by the Holy Spirit spoke from God. So he says no Scripture is just somebody coming up with their idea. He says this is God-breathed. This is God's Word. And he says you would do well to let it be the lamp in your life, to let it be the light in your life. You know, how do you see? How does your eye work? Have you ever studied how your eye works? It's the coolest thing. You know, the great thing about nature, the great thing about God's creation is if you see it the way he he teaches us to see it, I mean, his creation, it says in Romans 1, carries his fingerprints, it it carries his nature, his character. God has hidden himself throughout creation. And so when you study science, you study math, you study all these different uh, arts and sciences, you begin to find God in the strangest places. You find that God has created these natural laws which, which kind of echo uh, the way he works and the way he thinks. They, they can't fully describe them, but when you see it, you, you begin to make these parallels. And that's why the Bible is full of examples that, 
that bring creation into, into, the, into the story, why uh, Jesus compares things to the body or he compares things to the animals around, it's because he's showing them that God has hidden his ways in nature. He's, he's using these comparisons because a lot of times the way God does things in our lives is similar to the way things are done in creation. And the way your eye works is just the coolest thing. The way God created it is magnificent. You have this uh, just highly advanced piece of equipment in your skull, and you've got two of them. And one of the things that happens is because your eye is not reaching out and touching things. Your eye doesn't have tentacles that are like wrapping around stuff, figuring out what they feel like or look like or the shape of things. Your eye is just taking in light. That's all it's taking in. It's taking in light. And that, those wavelengths of light, based on their frequency, uh, your, your eye will perceive it as red or blue or green. It'll perceive these frequencies based on how fast that's going and, and it'll send an electrical signal to your brain. Your brain says, that's red, that's blue. Uh, by, based on its amplitude, it'll tell you how bright it is or how dim it is. All of that stuff is happening as your eye is just taking in light. The way you can perceive an object or things in front of you, around you, is based on the light bouncing off of them. That's why when it's dark, you can't see anything. Your eye can't perceive without light because all your eye is taking in is light. Your eye is taking in the light bouncing off of what's around you. And if you turn the light off, you can't see. It's crazy, but we walk through life not really seeing spiritually. And when we're used to not seeing spiritually, we actually even, we don't even look at life that way. We don't even perceive it. We just base everything on what we take in through our five senses. We base everything on a fallen mindset, this, this idea that this is all there is and this is all I know. But I'm asking you to let God open your eyes. Now, I'm not talking weird like, you know, when people say, oh man, this website will open your eyes. This, this, this new theory I have is, is eye-opening. A lot of that stuff is just fraud. A lot of that stuff is maybe a little bit of knowledge in the hands of someone that barely knows it and is make, jumping to a lot of conclusions. Some may be true, some may be false. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about God's word, which is a true light. You know, Jesus talked about this. He said, he said the eye is the lamp of the body. In fact, let me read this to you in, in the book of Luke. He says uh, to, to his people, to his disciples, he says, the eye is the lamp of the body. In fact, let's start in, in Luke eleven thirty three. He says, no one after lighting a lamp puts it away in a cellar, nor under a basket, but on the lampstand so that those who enter may see the light. Now remember when he talks about this in the book of Matthew, he's talking about your life is a light that shines. And he says, you know, we're meant to shine that light. We're not meant to hide it. We're meant to shine it. But lots of times in the scripture, light refers to the revelation that God gives. When God lights something up, then now you see it for what it is. He says this, he goes on in verse 34, the eye is the lamp of your body. And when your eye is clear, your whole body also is full of light. But when it is bad, your body also is full of darkness. Then watch out that the light in you is not darkness. If therefore your whole body is full of light with no dark part in it, it'll be wholly illumined as when the lamp illumines you with its rays. Now, if that was confusing to you, you're not alone. But let's just unpack it for a second. What does he mean? The eye is the lamp of the body. And that if the eye is bad, everything else will be. He's saying it matters how you perceive things. 
You're meant to take in information and it's based on what you see. But he says, if, your eye, if, you're, if the eyes of your spirit are dark, if you're not taking in his light, then you're going to come to some really wrong conclusions. He says here that if your eye is bad, there's darkness without. The way you, way you take in light is through your eye. How you perceive what's happening in your life, how you perceive what's happened to you, what is happening, how you perceive what God is doing, how you perceive every situation is going to change how you're positioned. Come on, there's times where God is trying to get you into position, but you can't see where you're going, so we freak out. We don't know how it's going to end up, so we freak out. We've never been here before, so we freak out. And we won't go where God's telling us to go. He's saying, I know you can't see it. I know you don't understand it with your mind, but will you trust me? Will you see what I see? Let me show you what I see. Or maybe you're in a situation and all you see is the evil around you. All you see is, is, is the stuff that scares you. Or all you see is the stuff that, that makes you uncomfortable. You just want to leave. And God's saying, stay here. I've got something for you. You know, we talked about Stephen a few weeks ago and how Stephen saw, uh, you know, he was being uh, executed for preaching the gospel and it, he was executed in a brutal fashion. I mean, they were throwing rocks at him. They stoned him to death. But the Bible says then he, he, his, he saw the heavens opened and he saw Jesus standing at the right hand of God. I mean, at the same time, people are angrily throwing rocks at him with hate in their eyes, with, with violence in their hearts. Stephen just sees Jesus. And when he sees Jesus, he responds based on what he sees. And he says, Father, don't hold this against them. Receive my spirit. When he sees Jesus, he reacts like Jesus did on the cross. How many times have we been in a situation where all we could perceive were the people that were angry or where the situation was bad and we didn't see Jesus. When you see Jesus, everything changes. See, I'm praying for you that you'd have the same sort of experience that Elisha's assistant had where you see what you didn't see before. I'm not talking about an open vision, even though that's cool and God can do that. I'm talking about you choosing to see what's really going on. You choosing to see God's at work here. You choosing to look at Jesus. You choosing to fix your eyes on him. You choosing to let him open your eyes. You know, when he says in Psalms, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light into my path. If we were to think about what we just talked about, about the eye, how it works, you know, that, that the, the, the light comes in through the cornea and it goes through the, and it eventually hits these rods and cones in the back of your eye, which sends signals to your retina, which eventually sends signals back to your, your brain, which processes it. I mean, you think about it. Those rods and cones are so cool because the rods, basically, there's way more rods and they, they can see in lower light, but they can only see in black and white and grayscale. But the cones, there are cones that are more uh, susceptible to red or green or blue. They're more susceptible to certain colors. And when they pick up those colors, they send that signal back and say, this is what we're seeing. We're seeing this color. They're, they're just seeing a frequency, but they're sending that signal back and your brain says, that's that color. But those cones, they need more light. The rods can work in low light, but the cones, they need more light. And so the more light you have, the more color you can see. The more you can perceive, the more you can accurately view what's going on. You know, I know a lot of my analogies have been camping related. It's 
summer's coming, I got camping on the brain, but let me tell you, when we go camping, uh, when you're in a tent, you don't have a bathroom. You have to get up sometimes in the middle of the night and go and find that outhouse, go and find that bathroom, go and find whatever you need to find. And sometimes what that means is, is walking through a dark path with creatures, who knows where, there's bears, there's other stuff. And so what do you do? You pick up your flashlight. And your flashlight serves a purpose. Because in the dark, your eyes can't see a thing. Remember, your eyes take in light. So you may see barely anything. If there's just a little bit of light, you might see some shapes and shadows. Remember when you were a kid and you're in your room and all of a sudden you just see, some, you see like a shadow of something that freaks you out and you're like, you, know, you think there's a, a scary dude in your corner, but it turns out it's just a coat rack or it turns out it's just a shirt on a chair. Well, that's kind of what happens when you're walking down that dark path and, and you, know, you take your flashlight out and you shine it. And when you shine that flashlight, you are sending light to reflect off whatever you're pointing at, right? Because this isn't like the sun. It, it, it doesn't spread. It, it's not as bright. It, it's focused, right? And so it can't go as far, doesn't touch everything, but it can hit certain things. And as you're walking on the path, wherever you shine the light, that light bounces off what, you, what you're shining it on, hits your eyes, and your eyes say, that's a tree. Your eyes say, that's a rock. Your eyes say, that's a bird. Whatever, whatever you're shining on, that's what your brain is picking up. But have you ever had that moment where all of a sudden you just, just for a second out of the corner of your eye, you saw something move or you saw these like glowing eyes in the, in the forest and, and you just like, you know, you freak out. You don't, you don't take the time to shine your light on it. You, your, your fight or flight kicks in and you choose flight and you run. And, and as you're running down the path, your brain is trying to process what you've taken in. But your brain has very little information to work on. So it's running away with itself. What if it was this? What if it was that? And before you know it, you've painted a picture of this horrible beast that's coming out after you and, 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 and you're, you're being moved by it. You're, not, you're no longer headed towards the bathrooms. You're now headed back to whatever direction that path is gonna take you. You were moved by what you saw, but you didn't fully see the picture. How many times... Have we been moved by what we've seen, but we really didn't see the full picture? What would have happened if you just stood there for a second and shone the light on whatever you were looking at? Just a little bit longer, shone the light and just took a moment for that light to, to take in what it's showing you, take in the picture. Now, maybe it was a bear, maybe it was something, but more often than not, you just saw a little thing move. It wasn't nothing. And when you shine the light on it, now your brain can process what you've seen. My mother-in-law has a great term. We need to properly process what happened. How many times do we improperly process something? We don't properly process it because we don't have the information. We based our decisions, we based our fears, we based our actions on very little information. There's a saying, a little bit of information is a dangerous thing sometimes more dangerous than no information. Because when you're basing something on incomplete information, you make bad decisions. And here's the truth, guys. The internet's not gonna give you the more information. That's this article, this friend, you know what's gonna give you the right perspective? You know what's gonna help you to fully understand what you're looking at? It's the Word of God, the Spirit of God. It's revelation. It's the light of revelation. It's all through the Bible. And remember, he says, your word, is a lamp into my feet and a light into my path. What would happen? Let me just put this out there. What would happen 
in the middle of those things where you just feel like running or you feel like not moving forward? What would happen when God's trying to position you? Or maybe you're, you've had something happen to you. Maybe you've had a, 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 a mess up in, in one of your friendships or relationships or uh, you, you've, you've left a church or, or you know, you've, you've, your kids have done something wacky or whatever it is. You've had a fight with your spouse and all these emotions are coming up and, and you're painting a picture based on very little information because the truth is it was just a flash of something and you thought you had the full picture. But what would happen if you shone the word on it for a minute? What would happen if you took your lamp and you let that illuminate the space? What would happen if you, through, through the word and prayer, you let God show you what was going on? You began to let the light of his word shine in that space. Now you can properly process what's going on. Not even just with your mind, because here's, there's two steps. There's, there's seeing it and there's understanding it. Remember, he said, there's seeing, hearing, and understanding. He said there are three parts that need to be working. Your ears need to hear, your eyes need to see, and your hearts need to understand. So seeing it is one thing, but letting your heart be open to God explaining it to you is another. I've seen so many people run from uh, friendships, relationships, uh, run from a calling that God put on their life, run from all these things, get out of position, get out of where God's planted them, get out of where God told them to stay, or not move into where God told them to go based on something that happened for which they never really knew how to process it. They never knew how to deal with it, never really let God's word shine out. Or if they did, they never understood it with their heart. You see, God will give you understanding. Remember, your eyes take in the light. And Jesus says, if your eyes are dark, and when he talks about this in Matthew 6, it's in reference to greed and, 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 and envy, He's talking about, in this case, now it applies to so many things, but in that case, he's saying, if you're letting greed run your life, or if you're letting the spirit of mammon, you're, you're, you're worried about what you're going to eat or all these things. Every, you see everything through the lens of money. He says, that's going to cloud your, see, your vision. You're not going to see properly. You need to have your eye clear. Jesus also said that it, you know, we, should, we shouldn't try to take a speck out of someone's eye if we have a log in ours. He says, because if you have a log in your own eye, how can you see properly to take take that speck out of your neighbor's eye. We can't properly help each other when our view is obstructed. So he says, get your eye clear. Get your motives clear. Let yourself see this clearly. How have you perceived your life? How have you perceived yourself? How have you perceived your friends? How have you perceived the decisions that you need to make or have already made? How have you perceived the hard things that have happened? When Stephen had people hating him, he chose to look at Jesus more than looking at the people around him. What have you chosen to look at? Oftentimes, we'll go back and God will say, you're remembering that all wrong. Let me shine some light on what really happened. And you miss what God was doing because all you could see with these eyes was what was happening around you. The Apostle Paul said, he said, a wide door. He says, I'm going to remain right now in this city because a wide door for effective service has opened for me and there are many adversaries. Paul perceived by the Spirit that there was a wide door for ministry. This was an awesome opportunity for him. But there are many adversaries. You see, if, you don't, if you're not tuned in to God, if you're not listening, if you're not seeing what he wants you to see, if you're not letting his light shine on the situation, all you can see are the adversaries. You would see that as a very closed door. This door is shut tight. It's double bolted. Don't go through it. But Paul saw what God was doing. See, what I'm asking you today is to let God show you. See, remember that assistant of Elisha's? 
He looked out and all he saw was the enemy. All he saw was the problem. All he saw was the trouble. But what Elisha said is, you need to see what God's doing. You need to see what God's at work with right now. You guys, we all need this. We are so aware of what's happening around us, but we need to be more aware of what God's doing. I've talked about that before. How will you perceive what you see? How will you take in that information? You can't, you can't see without light. You can't see without light. Without light, your eyes have no data to go on. Your mind has no data to go on. Your eyes need to take in light. He says, this is your light. His spirit is your light. God wants to give you light. Paul prayed in Ephesians that your heart would be flooded with light so that you could know what is the hope of his calling. What are the riches of his inheritance in the saints? What is the power that he has, the surpassing power towards us who believe? This is so important. He's saying without light, you'll never see it. His word is that light. His spirit brings that light. He wants to bring you revelation. But what you're going to have to choose to do in that, on that dark path when everything inside you says, run away, what you're going to have to choose to do is shine the light on it. What does God's word say about this? What is God saying about this? I'm going to choose to look through his lens. Remember, Jesus said, if your eye is bad, your whole, your whole body will be bad. If you don't properly perceive or properly process what God is doing or what's, what's really happening, your whole life will be pointed in a wrong direction. Every decision you make will be flawed and tainted. Now don't get too worried about it. God can always, in a moment, just like he healed the blind physically, he can heal us spiritually. Maybe your eyes... You've been always looking through the lens of the abuse that's happened to you. Maybe you've always looked through the lens of greed because you've been worried that you'd never be able to pro- provide for your family or for yourself. Maybe you've looked through the lens of, of, of fear. Maybe you've looked through the lens of jealousy. Maybe you've looked through the lens of self-pity. Maybe you've looked through the lens of, of just the way the world does things and the way the world, everybody else is telling you this is how the world works. But I'm asking you to let God's word Clear your eyes and let it shine light on the world around you. Let his spirit shine light on the world around you. Friends, this is the time to get into the word and prayer because we're not going to be able to process what we're seeing without light. You know, he says you would do well to pay attention as to a lamp shining in darkness until that light dawns in your hearts, until the morning star dawns in your hearts. Do you know how bright the morning star is? It is so bright. He says it'll dawn in your hearts. This light breeds light. And you'll be able to see. You know, if God were to sit you down and show you a movie of your life, you ever watched a movie with the director's commentary? And the directors say, this is what was happening at that time. This is why we shot this scene this way. This is what the actor was going through. Have you ever wondered what it would be like if you sat down with Jesus and watched the movie of your life? And he had that commentary of this is what was really going on. How different you'd see everything. In this life, Paul says, even prophetically, we see through a glass dimly. We don't see the full picture. But if you'll let God begin to shine some light in your life. We still, there'll be a day, the Bible says, when the perfect becomes perfect, where we will see clearly, we will see as we're seen, we'll know as we're know, 
known, we'll see face to face. That day is coming, but even right now, if you would walk by faith, if you would choose to say, God, show me what I'm missing. God, let your light, if you would shine the flashlight, the lamp of his word on a situation and say, God, what do you say about this? You'll properly process it. You'll see it differently. You say, God, all right, now I see the picture. What are you saying about it? And he gives understanding to your heart. Friends, this will change everything in your life. I want you to know that your history is not what you think it is and your future is not what you think it is. But God knows exactly where you are and he's ready to meet you right there. Will you let him open your eyes? Will you let him shine the light? Will you see? Don't close your eyes, but let him be open again so that you can see with your eyes, hear with your ears, understand with your heart and turn towards him and he will heal you and he will deliver you and he will use you. It's time to get in position. And I pray that God will do that in your life today.